you've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go. What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Thank you once again for everybody tuning in. Truly appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Man, it, I mean, true appreciation from the bottom of my heart. It's very sad, especially, you know, NFT community. Huge shout out. Um, when I do these poker tournaments and everything, when I'm just, you know, trying to give away NFTs, the whole thing was I was just trying to give back and provide something to people because I have more than enough to be happy. You know what I mean? My son arrives today on an airplane where he's been gone for a little while. I'm so thankful just for life in general, for my health and everything. I do want to, you know, wish everybody out there that's going through something, especially with COVID and just life in general with health. I mean, we have plenty of health issues besides COVID. My dad just called me um, a couple of days ago to tell me he had COVID, you know, and just different things in life and just everybody out there. I just want to wish everybody the best and, you know, just be thankful every day, every breath, every day that I wake up healthy. I'm just thankful, especially, you know, I've said it numerous times. I've grown up with uh, quadriplegics and paraplegics. So just my ability to move my limbs is very thankful. Um, I definitely broke my back also, so I've been close. You know what I mean? I ride the edge. I definitely had doctors tell me to stop doing MMA when I was doing it, kept doing it, but, you know, still just thankful, completely thankful. Definitely uh, I'm on my yoga. I'm on my stretches, but, you know, there's only so much you can do. With that being said, we got to get smart people. It's all about the mentals. It's all about intelligence. I was listening to a, uh, what was it? I think it was a YouTube video, but I just listened to it on my phone. So basically a podcast about a guy and just, the way that the doctors told him that, you know, there was nothing they could do about his spinal condition. And he actually looked into it himself and started looking into the science behind what you eat and how bones are structured and what, you know, nutrients your body needs to structure the bones. And he was able to figure out how to reverse this uncurable spinal. You know, I I wish I looked into it more. I wish I had the video on hand, but just completely thankful, folk, completely thankful. Um, I can't say it enough. I truly mean it from the bottom of my heart for each and every one of you. So even negative feedback, I mean, it's just feedback, and I appreciate you taking the time to let me know how you feel about a situation. So 100% bottom of my heart. Love each and every one of you for that fact. With that being said, damn you lemmings. Man, I have so many lemmings. I got them as, you know, like just gifts to give away from my tournament. I know the lemmings are losing value by the day, so there's not even a reason for me to give them out now. I've definitely been part of that community for a long time. It's getting real frustrating because, like I said, OG Booth, he jumped out. Doesn't look like he's coming back. Um, Lemmings, you know, just everything in general is it's not looking in a positive direction. It hurts because I see V Friends and they just released what they have going on with their conference list. That's amazing. It's amazing how many, you know, just raw talents they're going to have on the stage out there for VCon. Everything Gary V does and touches is just simply, um, I mean, it's stunning at this point. I don't know if anybody else follows Gary V. Amazing follow. Dude just spits knowledge and drowns excuses. I mean, he is, I mean, the definition of just motivation, even though he didn't like being called a motivational speaker. When you got your doubts and you're thinking something, just listen to that guy, man. You'll figure this shit out. Just go for it. Jump in. You don't know how to swim. You'll figure it out. Otherwise, you'll drown and, you know. Learn how to fucking swim at the walk on the bottom. I don't know. You'll figure it out. But in the business world, it's not really you. You ain't got concrete boots on, so you'll be all right. With that being said, folks, I do want to just you know knowledge. Knowledge is what is key. Um, I do believe that our ability to access knowledge is unlike any other time in you know existence that we know of. I think that it's very crazy that now we can just you know, pull out our phone out of our pocket and we can access the computer, the internet from our pocket. Do you understand like what access we have now that they didn't have 30 years ago? Believe me, I was there. I remember. And it's nuts. It it is completely crazy just the way that life has changed and it's changed right in front of our eyes. And I don't even think that we are adjusting as fast as the technology and the technology isn't even that fast. I think that says a lot about us. Um, We're just 
I mean, it, it's crazy. It is crazy, especially when you think about Neuralink and everything they're doing. I used to think that I would sign up for it, but now that I think about it and just my thankful, you know, just being thankful to have my ability to move my limbs and everything, if you start messing with that Neuralink and something goes bad or even somebody starts hacking or, you know, crazy things, EMP device sets you off, man. It's going to be crazy trying to get to an airport when you have a chip in your head. But that's besides the point, besides the point. Oh, people complaining about carrying a vax card. Imagine what you have to carry when you got that thing in your dome. Um, you'll be like, what do you want, officer? I can give you every piece of information. It's trapped inside of my head. Like, whoa, like that's crazy. But I do just want to go back, you know, man, I have a lot of thoughts about just mental health, um, especially talking about the lemmings and just everything that's going on. They told me that they invested like 24 ETH or something into mental health. And, and I just wonder, you know, what what the hell does that mean? Um, I definitely asked. I haven't seen anything yet. It's been, you know, weeks, but I don't even know, you know, there's some situations that are just difficult to help or help. Yeah, difficult to help. Like, I don't even know what you do for my cousin. I've seen him in and out of mental institutes. I've seen him, you know, take different drugs. I've seen him do different things. I mean, prescription drugs that were prescribed and illegal drugs that route also been a crazy, crazy ride. And I've always wondered, you know, what is the help or what do you do when they don't just really, they don't fit in society. It's not that there's something completely off of them that they can't live their own life and sustain. It's just, they don't fit in society, you know, and that's a, that's by our definition of what's acceptable. And it's very interesting, especially because you think that we all basically hallucinate when we go into a state of dreaming, like we're all in another world. So when I think about people like my cousin that are just, not really with us at certain points. I just think that they're dreaming while awake and their brain just goes in that direction. That's the way that I've always thought about it. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion with all the experience that I have. Um, Cause when I see my cousin and he's just in another world, like I don't even talk to him or do whatever. He's just in his own world. I don't want to disturb him cause I don't want to be part of his world at that point. Very, very crazy days. And I was young. So I kind of remember, um, I'm a fool. I just dipped to the other room. Like, I'm gone, man. Hopefully that fool don't come up in here, man. I'm about to lock this door. That fool tried coming in. I'm out the window because there ain't no, that fool's fast. I remember dipping from him. My little brother, man, he was a little chubbier back then. He, he's definitely chubbier now also. But when we were doing MMA, he got in real good shape before his accident and he went into a coma. Oh, man, that was crazy running up to that accident and the cops all surrounding me like, what are you doing? I'm like, where's my brother, man? That's my little brother. Like, he's in the hospital and then... For those that don't know, I showed up at the hospital, man, I was talking to him, and uh, I watched him set his leg, and they adjusted his leg, and I was talking to him, and he was like, man, I can't believe she ran the stop sign, and then all of a sudden, his pupils just dilated, and got real, you know, just boom, and he looked at me and said, what happened? And I was like, whoa, like, we were just having a conversation, and he just, I saw it in his eyes, my brother's not scared very often, but he got scared. Man, crazy things, man, crazy things about life, man, just life in general, and, uh, just being thankful. So just be thankful. Love each and every one of y'all, man. Truly, truly. Um, that just goes back to the mental health thing and just thinking about all that. It, uh, man, man, man. Really just talking about it. I can think about the no-brainers who are just was part of that minting. And they're all about mental health or whatever, man. They're, they're, about, they're messing with people's mental health inside of that NFT Discord. But I tell you what, man. I don't know about that no-brainers, man. That, woo. That's it's crazy, man. When you go in there, it's sad. It's it, it's truly sad, man. And they they're just going crazy. Everybody in there just wiling out on the floor has been dropping. They're literally giving. They're offering to give away no brainers to people that delist their no brainers for you know because they have them up for sale for half of the price that they minted them for. They're just trying to get anything back before they go to zero. It's it's crazy to watch, man. It is crazy to watch people freak out and. There's just no confidence or no game plan or a failure of execution. I don't know what happened on that end, but it's been catastrophic ever since the drop. Um, man, it just goes back. And that's one thing I, you know, I wanted to talk about is just, just being alone and finding yourself. That's what I wanted to talk about in this, most of this episode. And I just had a lot of thought about it just because I'm finally getting some alone time. And it's going to be my last alone time for a while. Especially because I said my son's coming back. Um, he's on the airplane right now, headed to LAX. Those who know about it, you know what I mean? What's up, man? SoCal. Man, I hate LAX. I, that's it's, 
hate LAX. Thankfully, my lady's going to go do that. I actually have to go to work today. I have a big project at work. I got to finish the lighting. I actually got to go get my little 12-inch drill bit that I have inside the garage so I can drill through a big-ass piece of wood, um, take care of that, and bada-bing, bada-boom. <sighs> Being alone. I've spent a lot of time alone when I think about it, and just the mental health aspect. A lot of people, and it just comes back to the find yourself. I think when I, I hear about people being like, I'm stressed about this, or I'm stressed about that, or this decision, and it's like, damn, like, what have you been, you haven't been through anything in your life if that makes you stressed to the, that point is what I think in my head. That's my first thought. And, you know, and that's, I know that's a very probably selfish thought, but I have to follow it up with empathy and just say, you know, whatever, no matter where she's been through or, or somebody has been through or been, you know, it doesn't matter. You just have to have empathy for them in that moment. So, you know, that thought, I automatically have to fight that thought off. And just think, you know, this person is in a bind. There, you have to think. You can think of it in more of like the picture of man. That, that that's nothing. Like the decision, just make one. Don't look back. Like you'll never know the opposite side. But just go all in. You know what I mean? Just go, go, go. And then you also have to have that little bit of empathy. Empathy, and just you have to have that. And it's when you look at perspective. I tell you, I lost that. I definitely lost that, and I have the ability not to have it. Um, when it comes to being alone and just finding yourself, I can say that mostly started. I was, you know, definitely influenced as a child. Definitely, we don't like to say it, but it's it's very true. Your surroundings and just who's around you or who you look up to, all those influence decisions going forward in your life. I wish I looked up to somebody more like Neil Tyson or Elon Musk or you know some the people that deserved it rather than the people that did have the, you know, my attention. I, you know, can probably blame that on environment and definitely in mainstream at those, you know, that is there in the 90s. So mainstream media and just, we didn't quite have the internet. We did, but it was barely blooming. It wasn't like it is now. We, like I said, we didn't have the internets on our phone. I remember when that started coming and I had a track phone and it would charge you, you know, like by the minute or by the megabytes. I forget how it worked, but it was crazy crazy days and just now we have the ability to just stream videos i remember looking at people that had like the phones that they could stream videos on and i was like one day i'll have a phone that i could probably do that on like i knew back then i was like i my phone can't do that my phone just send text messages i'm cool let me scroll through social media and type on it and that's dope but i couldn't like it my videos wouldn't even come through and it was like i didn't even trip they'd come up as blocks with like the little chop sign that they do on movie sets you can't even view this, you know, I was just thankful. It's always just been thankful just because I was thankful to have a phone and be able to make phone calls. I remember driving around before you had cell phones. We were, we literally went to pay phones and you had to know which pay phones work because the pay phones were already going out at that time. Good luck finding a pay phone nowadays. But I think that without those times of just being alone for me personally, I don't think I ever would have found myself. Um, I think a lot of people, they trip out and they would probably title it self-confidence, but I don't, I don't personally feel that it's self-confidence. Um, I think that that can all go back to mental health and just another thing that I can say about that, I think, and this goes probably to me as well. When you are missing a piece to your puzzle, I don't think you can notice it. Um, and I say that with, you know, my little brother and what he's gone through is his brain injury. And if you ask him today, he's going to tell you he's 100% recovered. But anybody who knew him before and after would tell you he's 100% different. Um, I've always, you know, once I heard that most bad drivers, you know, I think 70% of people believe that they're good drivers, possibly more. I think I'm being courteous. I think it was 90. But let's say 70% of people believe that they're good drivers. Let's be honest, 70% of people are not good drivers. So my buddy, my my buddy, I got to call you out. Censor, man. Censor. Everybody know the music producer, man. If y'all been messing, especially if you mess with the vibe crew, you already know who he is. I remember this fool crashed my Honda. He, he was going to an orientation for AC schooling. And he was like, yo, my car's broken down. I overheated his little Accord. Um, no, it wasn't a Accord. He had an Integra. He was like, my Integra overheated. It's not running, blah, blah. I was like, take my car. He's like, all right, cool. Takes off. I get a call like 45 minutes later. Yo, man. My bad, bro. I got T-boned in the car. I was like, does it drive? He's like, I don't know. 
I was like, well, if it drives me, I just get it home. Man, the whole side was crunched. He did get T-boned. It went on my insurance. It was all bad. It was all bad, all bad. But with that being said, man, I love that guy. I love that guy. And he he had he had the audacity to tell me, man, I'm a good driver today. And it's like, man, this fool. But just and it's just facts. Like everybody thinks that they're a good driver. Most people think of themselves, you know, higher than they are. Um, I wanna say even dumb people think of other people as they're dumb. I think that's very, you know, <laughs> it's evident. It's pretty evident. And unless they have a real, real self confidence issue, I guess we could go that route. But it's just very interesting to think about that that mindset and um finding yourself is I think damn near impossible if you never spend time alone. And I don't mean, you know, a couple of days alone or even time and maybe maybe time in solitary confinement. I never quite did that. But time in jail, even then that's gonna be influenced. You're you're heavily involved with your environment. So I don't call that being alone. What I do call being alone, I remember being alone to me, um, my first time I remember being alone would be when I came back home and my mom was gone. Um, I was in like third grade. My dad, awesome dad, number one dad, definitely been there, busted his ass, worked harder than anybody, um, was always on his grind, kept a roof over our head, kept clothes on our back, you know, kept us providing for us while we were in school, got us through years of karate, years of sports, years of motorcycles, provided amazing things. Emotional support was not his specialty. Um, I believe his dad was a member of the Hells Angels, and his mom passed away at a very early age for him as well. Um, I believe his dad, like, broke his nose and knocked out his front teeth, and it was, you know, he had a crazy life for his own. So, you know, emotion wasn't his specialty. And I remember, you know, every day doing my homework with my mom and, you know, laying in bed with my mom, and she was like, I could talk with her about anything. And then my dad was like, my dad, um, I can go work on motors with my dad. I could do, you know, physical things with my dad. But the rest of it was like, whatever. Um, When my mom left, I remember that moment very particularly, you know, I, I remember it very well. I don't remember, you know, I feel bad because I, I dipped on my brother. I don't even know what my brother did. I just went into the bed and cried. I wonder if my brother went and hugged my dad or did something. I don't know exactly what my little brother did. Still felt like a dick to this day for that. Um, never forgive myself for that moment, but you have to. You have to, but, you know, I always just wonder. I always wonder, like, nobody else was there, I don't believe, just my dad, me, and my little brother. And like I said, my dad was not emotional, so... Who knows if my brother got a hug or even knew what was going on, but I knew when I looked at my dad, damn, those, you know, just tough days. And I remember those were the first days where I was just like alone. Um, I did have my sister there, but my sister, she was strung out at that point, but she was still there. So we did have like a womanly figure in the house. Um, but I do remember the day that she came home all strung out and was talking about her boyfriend or whatever guy she was seeing at the time was after her and she, and I guess she saw him with another girl at the club and he's coming to get her and she could hear the system, you know, their stereos and da da can't you hear the music? And my dad was, you know, I was like, no. And I, when I got my T-ball bat, I was ready to tee off on whoever. And my dad was like, you know, get out of the house right now. Like get the hell out of here. Call whoever you need to call, but you got to get out of here. I'm like, what are you talking about, dad? They're going to get her. And he's like, you know, boy, get over here, you know? And it was just, it was crazy. But, um, I didn't understand what was going on at the time, but definitely, once they were gone, I mean, for years, man, it was crazy. There was the emotion was the emotional, just support was um, minimal. My dad was always there. Like I said, love that guy. He definitely did nothing wrong. He would definitely spank our ass, beat our ass with uh, if we did something wrong. But definitely, he loved us one hundred percent. I just don't think you know, especially when I hear people now talking about mental health and just you know this this and I need this and like people need attention and they need this. I don't think people have truly been alone because once you've been alone, you're just thankful for any attention. It doesn't have to be a certain amount of attention. It's like any attention. Just be around. Just being around me, I'm super thankful for anything, and it's just, it's crazy. Just a mindset. And when my mom left, it, emotion was gone, especially once when my sister left. But, I mean, even when my mom left, we would sit in the cars for hours. She started picking us up once a week or something. Uh, I think it was once a week, like every Tuesday or something. Well, my, I know my grandma would pick us up. I think my mom used to see us once a day or once throughout the week, but it, for sure it was every other weekend at, at some point. I don't remember how long she was gone. Really don't. 
Could have been months. Could have been a couple of weeks. I really don't. That's kind of all like a blur. But I can tell you emotionally that was when it definitely detached. Um, but I wasn't alone at that point. Like I said, my dad was always there. And then some point in, let's see, maybe 10th grade. Right around 10th grade is when just things went wild. I definitely got out of Colton High for all my, you know, yellow jackets out there. And from that point, that's when I ended up San Bernardino High. I got Cardinals over there. That's when it started getting, you know, more just crazy when, you know, you were one of the few white people. And life just got crazy from that point. Um, Definitely moved to Vegas. Once I moved to Vegas, um, I moved in with my sister. So I wasn't completely alone at that point either. But my sister, man, she was on some other stuff. And when I say that, I mean, I, oh, man, I love my sister, dude. I completely love my sister. But she's made some great choices, you know, and she's made some bad choices. And she'll be the first person to tell you about that. I don't know exactly what her story is. Something about PCP, something about all types of, you know, I don't know if the crack was there. I don't know exactly exactly what drugs all got involved in her life. That would be one hell of a story if she ever gets on and tells it. I truly hope she does. I mean, I love, I love my sister. Um, I love all my sisters, and they all have their own stories, and I can't tell them for them. I would literally have to get them on here and let them tell their stories. I don't even like to speak on, you know, what they've done or haven't done, and there's definitely they've done more than I even know because I'm just little brother. What stories make it to me minimal. Um, damn, man, it's all perspective, just perspective. But once I moved to Vegas... And, you know, my sister, she was wild, and I, I started messing with this girl, Letitia. Letitia, if you're out there, which I hope you are somewhere, just big shout-out because she was an awesome girl. Definitely had a – she had a Mustang 5.0. I always remember that, like a 92. Um, Man, crazy days back in Vegas. And I just remember at some point my sister and her man, her man was wanted by the FBI's for – you know, some cocaine deal out in Louisiana. So he was running from the feds and he had a fake identity. He was in my sister's house because he lived with us. I already knew this. Me and him were already hustling. We were selling weed and ecstasy. We were doing our own thing. And my sister, one day they got into it. Um, My sister was getting on me bad because I, I had a fake idea at this point. She didn't know about. And I also had a girl that was 21. So we were out running around, running amok. And she was getting mad. Like, what are you doing? What are you, who are you with? Like, I'm like, I'm with a girl. Like, you know that I'm with a girl. Like I'm probably coming home smelling like perfumey shit, but like she, she wanted to meet her and do all this. I'm like, you're not my mom. Like you're my sister. Like, what are you talking about? Like I'm working, I'm paying rent. Like you're not my mom. And she's just tripping. I remember she was tripping on me hard. I was like, I'm out of here. Like I'm hustling, you know what I mean? I'm hustling, doing my own thing. You're not my mom in any way, shape or form is where my mentals are at this point already. Cause but at that same time, I totally understand her point and what, you know, she wanted to be more involved. But at this point, I'm already on my, I'm, I'm gone on my mentals. She's on her own shit. I'm on my own shit. Everybody's on our own shit. I got out of there. Um, definitely went me and she was pregnant at the time. So she, that, that there was a crazy day at the house. Um, because, because man, big shout out to him. He was trying to get out of the house and my sister's there. She's telling him, like, what What are you doing? Like, blah, 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 like just going off on him, just calling him the N-word, just doing everything. Because he's, he's a big black dude, um, African-American. You know, I don't, I'm not discriminating. I don't, I don't give a damn how you want to identify however you want to word it. Take it personal if you want to, man. That's my brother. That's my true brother right there, man, doing life over here in uh, in L.A. So big shout-out to you, big cuz, man. Um, yeah, man, that's that my brother, but my sister is going off on him, just calling him every name in the book. I'm like, leave him alone. Like, let just let him go. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, my sister's wilding out. I'm telling you, she's on some other stuff. And he's like, just let me leave. Like, I'm just trying to leave. Now, I know that he's wanted by the feds. And she's like, no, nah, you owe me money. You you give me money and you can't even leave. Da-da. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, we're fully invested. I know where our money's at. Our money's all tied up in drugs at this point. And, um, She's yelling at him, you know, and I remember she spit in his face. And once she spit in his face, he grabbed her by the by the throat. And he turned turned around and like held her by her neck and was like, you know, help me, man, help me. He's looking at me. I'm like, I can't. I'm not doing nothing, man. I went in the room. I went right in my room. Like I ain't seen nothing, man. He left. My sister was tripping. He, I don't know exactly what happened. You know, I I don't know what happened in that room. I know it wasn't like no super like bomb bomb. 
But maybe he did slap her. I wouldn't even doubt it. Um, but definitely at that point, I, I dipped out. She spit in his face. She was calling him all types of names. It was like, what are you doing? Like, he's trying to leave. I already know this dude's got to leave. At this point, I would have I I hit somebody. I am not going to lie. I was a youngster at this point. I'm like, I'll hit you. That's my sister. So I ain't doing nothing. I just went in my room. That's between y'all. He got out of the house. She called the cops. Cops came. I don't know nothing. At this point, she called the cops. That's against the code. I got to go. I got a bunch of dope in the house anyways. Um, You know, fake IDs. I got, I, get, I got my shit going on. So I took off. I took off. I left with him. Um, He taught me, you know, just the game outside of that. I learned how to, you know, do all types of things. I cook crack, and we were definitely out there robbing and doing all types of craziness. Um, Definitely a lot of ski mask attire in those days. We definitely, you know, whoo carjacking type thing and running up the trunk of convertibles and just ending up in the passenger seat man your boy is flexible man i got some athleticism and it was it was wildness and um, they definitely i know that i was a pawn on the chessboard and we chilled with some true ogs some true true ogs fats wherever you are man big shout out um it, it was crazy out there man tc he was our he was with my sister he was definitely tripping i mean man these guys are crazy man i definitely went to the studio with him you know, and these these big guys in the game. And nowadays, when I look back and I start seeing, like, he was messing with Wacko and just, man, crazy crazy days. Crazy days, what I was just surrounded by and just, oh, R.I.P. G. Um, big shout out to G, man. Um, fellow Green Bay Packer fan, one of my sister's bar buddies over there. He was always, you know, a real one. I love that dude. He passed on us pretty early when I was out there. Man, just crazy days in Vegas. But I do remember when he started teaching me how to set up, and then that's when you know he was like, "All right, you're gonna you're, you're gonna hold down this spot. And I'm gonna go open another spot." And I was like, "Cool, I'll hold it down." And I do remember those days. I remember my first time cooking crack by myself. Um, I definitely accidentally got high. Like I said, I've never done drugs in my life, but that was the day that I accidentally got high. People are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" This is a true story. Um, I was so focused because it was you know. My investment, right? it was everything that I had. My whole life rode on it, and I bought a bunch of cocaine. Now I got to cook it, and I got to make it into you know products so I can go ahead and sell the crack. You got to make it into a crazy little cookie that forms in the bottom of the jar. I don't even want to get into the whole specifics, but, um, yeah, I was on it. You know what I mean? I was on it, and I was definitely like hovering over the pot, not realizing because you have to close the windows and everything because you don't want anybody to see you, so you seclude it. And I was slanging at the time, so not very often was my door closed unless I left. You know, I wasn't there, but typically when you're slanging, you're either there or you have somebody running stuff for you, one of the little one of the little people. You know, you always got to try to keep a pawn around, somebody like one of the rooms down that you can always hit up, like, yo, can you make a delivery to the casino to, for me real quick? Shoot them five bucks and have them just walk it over there. That's how I got busted, was just making a delivery, walking that way, and then I saw the cop, so I tried to turn the street. And he got me for jaywalking, which even though it was a cul-de-sac, that's when, oh man, it was that was that was a bad day. That was a bad. It was just crazy, crazy life. But in Vegas, I just remember those moments being alone and just um, there's nobody else, man. When there's nobody to call, you know, when you when you're hungry, and it, all your money's invested in something else. Like I, I had crack for days. I needed somebody to come buy it. You know what I mean? And we're just hungry. We want to eat. We're living off the dollar menu. And thank, thankfully, we had the McChickens back then. I think the spicy McChickens were in California, and the regular McChickens were in, oh, vice versa, or the regular McChickens were in California, and the spicy McChickens were in Nevada. It was really weird because I came back to visit California. Like, what the hell? Just crazy things. Um, But, yeah, man, just those those moments being alone. And you really start looking. Well, I see, I, didn't, I think I had cable back then. But I didn't really do the cable. I, I just did Xbox, and I played a lot of NBA, a lot of basketball. Um, I did like the NBA game because you could play in the Xbox One because you could play background music while you were playing the NBA games. I'm sure you could probably do it now too. I'm just not with the technology, and I don't game. But that was the first time it was really like available at that time, and it was a big thing. So I would just sit there, literally leave the door open, and have to sit there and wait for people to walk up. I was on the second floor. I was the last building on in the line. So literally they would just see the door open. So you had to intentionally come to that door. There was no accident walking up to it. You had to intentionally walk up to that door. After so long, that door was very active because people got to know. But in those first couple of days, man, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, you're just wondering who the hell is going to walk up. You never know if it's going to be a cop. 
You never know if a cop's going to walk up and you leave your door open as long as you're awake. The only time you close your door is when you go to sleep and even then people knock on it. So you wake up and, you know, do your transactions. Other than that, I'd have girls come over, you know, buddies come over. I didn't have many friends back then. I didn't have any friends back then, to be honest. Um, I only had customers. I didn't have a single friend when I was in Vegas. Um, My nephew was probably my best friend. And all I did, you know, I smoked and played games. And that was pretty much my life. I had no friends. Um, I didn't have social media when I was in Vegas. Definitely didn't have social media. Probably could have, you know, in Facebook days, but I wasn't even trying to. I was definitely on another hustle. I remember I got my first cell phone, you know, so I could start slanging. That was crazy, and it was all prepaid. My The dude that I had big cuz, man, he did not believe in phones at all, only pay phones. He only used pay phones. He would always walk over and use a pay phone. It was crazy to me. Totally makes sense now. He would definitely have no tracking. Like I said, he was very wanted by the FBI. So just those days, man, and I had, you know, I had my rent to pay. Nobody was going to pay that rent in that hotel. Nobody was going to do anything for me. I didn't know if anybody was going to come up and rob me. I didn't know exactly what was going on. Um, I was 15 years old, you know, out in Vegas. We got my long hair, just a little white boy looking baby Jesus that couldn't grow a facial hair, but I had an ID saying I was 21. So, hey, they let me in the clubs. They let me in the casino. I definitely got addicted to craps. Um, I played a lot of craps. It was It was crazy days, man. It was beautiful days, but... You really start noticing yourself when you're all alone and there's no more influences. Definitely, you're wondering. There's nobody to impress. There was nobody for me to impress. Nobody for me to, you know, to get likes. There was no reason for me to. Nothing was on social. It was very alone back then, um, and that's the only time that I can think of when my mom left and what was familiar, and it felt familiar to me. And then once I got back from Vegas, because um, I got expedited, you know, I got in trouble with the law. Definitely some things went down. I made it back. My mom gave me a place to live for a little bit. Um, I had a kid. Once I had a kid, you know, my kid took off out of state. It was crazy days, man. Crazy days. So my kid's out of state. He, she, he's in Washington with his mom. His mom's dad supposedly has cancer, has six months to live. He just probably passed away like six months ago. And this is like damn near 10 years later. It was 10 years later, actually, now. So that was 10 years later. So I was told he has six months to live. We didn't really have a place. Our place in Riverside was just in shambles. I found out that she was, you know, talking with another dude. So I was like, fine, you know what, for the kid, go ahead in six months. You know, I'll get my thing together. And that six months, a lot of things happened, man. A lot of things happened. She has her own story. I know her story. She tried to she made it public. I remember she had like DVDs about it and just everything she went through. Um, crazy stories. There was definitely some children murdered. There was the dad of her daughter, um, definitely was the, you know, the murderer and ended up committing suicide and just, you know, that's while the, that's while the baby's in the womb and just crazy days, man, crazy days. Uh, it's hard for me to speak about that one just because little Ellie, man, I love that little girl. And like I said, my son's coming back on the airplane, but I wish she was there. Um, I definitely wish she would have snuck her in the carry-on. I mean that in like, you know, just a, a funny sense. Don't mean that literal, but I, I love that little girl. I remember when she, you know, my baby mom moved down to California and me and that little girl got so close. She would like call me dad. Um, I love that little girl with all my heart. Definitely, you know, that little girl has a big piece of my heart. And my son's mom definitely used it as a tool when she saw that. And she saw that, you know, if you're not, you know, picking me up, you can't pick her up and just different things, trying to use it as a tool. And I I couldn't fall for it. I didn't take the bait. I couldn't do it. And I definitely lost touch of that little girl. When I see her now, I feel very bad. Um, Like I said, my baby mom now has a girlfriend or I, I don't know if it's a wife, but she's involved with another woman. So there is definitely no father figure in that little girl's life. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, that little girl had a traumatic brain injury as well when it comes to mental health. She, um, there was a guy left babysitting not only my son, but the, the baby. And, I, you know, I, I could talk to my son. I don't like to talk to my son about that stuff, especially on the podcast. Otherwise, I would totally have him talk to you about it. From what I heard was the dude say he didn't know what happened. The baby was having seizures. Um, they went down to the hospital. And then my son told 
the police or something that he saw the dude drop the baby or something happened. I don't know. That guy went to jail. I'm not going to speak on it just because that's probably some legal shit that I ain't even supposed to speak about, but some shit happened again. And it was like, this is ridiculous. Um, definitely my heart just goes out to everybody, man. And just mental health. And just after all that went down, I remember, you know, shit went sideways and I just started, there was a girl that I was seeing quite a bit and she was a bartender. So she would get off around 2 a.m. So I would literally go home, like fall asleep. And then I'd wake up. She'd call me or text me like, yo, I'm heading home. I would go over to her house. Um, we would chill and I would spend the night with her. And then I'd come back in the morning and my family would see me and be like, where, where, what, what the hell? You went to sleep here. And then you, you never hear in the mornings. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my own thing. You know what I mean? Doing my, but eventually, you know, I just ended up being homeless and, uh, living in my, living in a van. It was not even my van. There's a big shout out to seven, seven, seven church, which I do have tatted across my chest. Um, but yeah, man, seven seven seven, big shout out. I was definitely training when they they opened a little MMA gym. I was training there all the time. Uh, big shout out to Unbreakable Gym, Brian Warren, all that. You know, whoo, man, those are, those are the days, good days. Um, like I said, I was I was homeless, but my whole life was just training. I was definitely I would drink forties. So I would drink a lot. We definitely a lot of girl type life, but partying. And I had a van. Seven 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 Church was nice enough. They gave me a van to you know help with my family right before they took off. And then, so I had nowhere to live. My family was gone. You know, my kid and the lady, they were gone. And all I had was a van. Then the church wanted the van back because I stopped going to church once. Uh, I wanted to leave my lady because I found, you know, had I was just unhappy. And they always talked about happiness, happiness, happiness. But God wants to keep a family together. They kept telling me, they kept telling me. And I'm like, I'm unhappy. I'm unhappy. So when I found out she was talking to somebody else, I stopped talking like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be with you. And then I started feeling shameful of the church. So I left the church life alone, but I had the van. The van belonged to the church. Big shout out, TJ, man. I definitely have apologized a couple times, but truly, man, from the bottom of my heart, I just stopped going to church. I didn't even bring the van back. I just literally lived in the van for months. I mean, a couple months. And I lived in that van. And then, you know, eventually I did. I gave the van back. The van did make it back to TJ. Um, but I definitely, you know, I did duck them for a little while until, you know, I got to live with my mom again. And once I live with my mom again, things went, it was just life, life kept going. But my mom was always there. She's definitely reached out for me quite a few times. And I tried to live with my dad one time. I remember that after Vegas, that's what happened. I, I couldn't live with my mom. I had to live with my dad. I could live there as long as my sister was there. So I get back from Vegas, you know, I was just out, had my own house. I was out cooking crack, doing my own thing, figuring out what I was going to do if I was going to go back. I could live there as long as my sister was there. And the next thing I know, there's no lie, my sister, <laughs> she was living with my dad because she was having relationship issues with her clansman husband. One day, she went out to eat or something, lunch with her daughter and her husband that she was arguing with. And she just didn't come back. She didn't tell me. She didn't tell my dad. She didn't say nothing. So, like, two days later, my dad's like, hey, you know the rules. Like, you got to go. I was like, oh, like, it was legit. Like, I really had to leave. So then I had to go back out and, you know, maybe, maybe that's where I ended up homeless actually, but I, I don't remember exactly how it ended, but I tell you, man, those days in that van, when you're living, you're just alone, man, just living out of my van. I literally had to shower out of, you know, my one gallon water container. I brushed my teeth the same way. I'd park on a certain street next to a wall so people wouldn't walk by me. Um, never had the, the cops mess with me, especially in the spot that I parked. It was a spot that I knew and I parked like the same spot every day and it was opposite of a house. So there was a wall on one side with a ditch on the other and there's houses. So I parked opposite the house. So you literally had to walk over to my van and look inside if you were going to see me. Um, otherwise, you know, nobody ever messed with me. But those days of just sitting there alone, I would read, you know, a Bible at the time. I would read. I was definitely involved heavily in church um, during those years. And I would read a lot of the Bible and just read and just read things. And it was very uh, definitely... Lonely days, very lonely days. I found a lot of, you know, religion was very helpful in those very, very lonely days when you're disconnected. I think we're going to lose a lot of religion just due to the disconnect that now you're not stuck. And when you are alone, it feels really good to, you know, to feel the comfort of, you know, a, a heavenly father or somebody being there with you. So you feel like you're not alone. And I think that that probably had a lot to do in a mental aspect because that's what I went through. Not saying all of it, but probably has a lot to do with the decline in religion. Maybe there's an increase, but I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing decline. 
at least in my life. Um, I do have Jesus tatted on my chest as well. So I definitely, I do not regret those days. I don't regret those tattoos. I look at them and remember those days all the time um, with very fond memories and just thankfulness, super thankfulness. I don't know how I made it out of those days. Like I said, I always planned to die by 25. I lived every day of my life um, accordingly. I already had it planned out that I wasn't going to prison. Uh, definitely ready to die, like ready to die. Me and death have the Grim Reaper, man. We, I, I, I consider him my buddy now. I definitely consider him my buddy, especially, you know, RIP Draco just got stabbed in the neck. I've definitely, you know, also been stabbed, definitely been shot at. I've had a gun pulled on me so many times. Like I could tell you stories about that all day. And it started when I was young, you know, 13 years old, my first time getting robbed at gunpoint, maybe 12. I don't really remember somewhere around that time. Um, I would guess 13, but yeah, me and Angel, man, it was big shout out to Angel. Not sure what ever happened to that guy either. Um, little brother Carlos, big shout out. I loved your mom as well, man. His mom was always a huge part of, you know, just a positive influence in our little ghetto environment and always wished us the best, was nothing but supportive and yeah, just amazing. Completely amazing what we made it through. Not sure if, you know, all of us made it through, but man, that was, those were some days, just no back door. You know what I mean? The house we just, where we lived, it was, there was just, you could walk out and there was no back door. It was cold as hell, you know, and it was hot as hell. It was no AC. We just lived life, we smoked a lot of stress and rode a lot of bicycle jumps in the backyard eventually. And it was crazy days back then, crazy childhood. And it's just, just all comes back to just find yourself folks. Um, at some point you just, you got to stop trying to impress people. You got to stop giving a damn what, what they feel. You got to stop letting other people's influence, you know, other people's perception of you influence your decision in life. And I think I, I, I really lacked ever having a goal. I never really had a goal. And I think that was one of the main things. My goal was ultimately just to survive and figure out how I'm going to make it in life. Cause I knew that I wasn't going to be making it with an education. Once my mom left, I don't think I ever did a piece of homework going from third grade. I definitely failed. Fourth grade was my first fail. From that point, it was all bad. It was, it was horrible. With that being said, like I said, you all got to, the mental health, man, I, it's hard for me to relate, but I can completely relate. I know that I lack, you know, certain pieces to my puzzle that other people have. I was raised by my dad. Um, a lot of my friends, especially one of my coworkers that I spent hours and hours with was raised by only his mom and a mom that was very dominant in the household. Very emotional fella, too damn emotional. I wanted to beat his ass multiple times. Um, it was crazy. Cause it's like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you even bitching? We got a job. Like, seriously, like it was, it was very, very different. And I'm not saying that was all the mom thing. It was just, we didn't bitch in my house. We were thankful. You, you didn't, you did not complain. My dad would say, you want to complain? I'll give you something to complain about. That's how it went. You did not complain in my house, my dad's house. It wasn't my house. Definitely tell you that. But in my house, it's cool. I got a lot of, it's a different level of compassion. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but we definitely, um, I love my kids. I definitely play a lot more with them. I definitely wild around the house. Not saying my dad didn't. My dad always was working in the garage, which I also do. But um, yeah, my dad ran his own business. So it was also a different life. The one thing that I did notice and that I came away, you know, just thinking about it all week and just trying to think of what I really wanted to break it down and bring you guys some like real deal knowledge because I can bring up the current stuff like NFTs and I, I definitely spend all the time with the poker tournaments, huge poker tournament coming up with Lions Share. Was it Lions Share? Pretty sure it's Lions Share Poker. Um, Huge tournament coming up with them on Wednesday. I do want to give them a shout out for the NFT land. I should actually start getting ready to go to work, which I should be clocking in in like seven minutes. So I am going to wrap this up. I do want to jump over to the NFT verse and just I, I want to give a huge shout out just because I do want, you know, I try to do this for you guys and for you guys and girls. My apologies for however you identify toasters, aliens, whoever the hell it is. I can't bring you much. I'm definitely, like I said, I'm still broke as mother. I'm still broke as a joke. Um, I got my kids ultimately first, my family first, but I do try to, you know, bring you guys what come, what value I can. I was definitely giving away lemmings, which have dropped tremendously in value. They're definitely worth way less than I spent on them. And when I started giving them away and started purchasing them, that hurts because I definitely purchased quite a few to give away, but I'm better off just giving ETH and then you guys can spend it how you want. Lion, share, poker. 
Um, check out the Lion's Share Discord because you have to be a member. For those that don't have Discord, download it. It's just like AOL chat. Just download Discord, find Lion's Share, or check out um, on Twitter. All the NFT stuff goes through Twitter. It would be a good thing to have. Um, Lion Share, the NFT, Lion Share Discord, Lion Share Poker Academy. That's what it's called, Lion Share Poker Academy. They're having a tournament on Wednesday. It's free to enter. You just have to be in their Discord. They're giving out Ethereum like crazy to like the top five prizes or, you know, up to hundreds of dollars in Ethereum. You get a free mint pass. That's valued around $800 if you win first plus a one-on-one training. This dude, Stan, is the real deal that's running the project. I love everything that they're doing over there. Um, Huge shout out to what they're doing over there. He's definitely, man, that dude, he kills his own tournaments. He's, He's always winning them. He wins in real life. I just watched him pull down like 11K this weekend. Uh, congratulations, brother. Definitely cool little community they're building over there. Another amazing community and another huge shout out is my soul dogs. What's up, soul dogs, man? Huge shout out. What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, soul dogs, man. Huge shout out. Love what they're doing over there and the economy that they built in their discord where you can go and actually hustle your time and hustle your time in the discord to earn NFTs. Plus they have daily poker tournaments where you can earn Benji's, which also are used and you can implement those and buy those um buy nfts with those as well because those go into your little monopoly money amazing setup the way that they did that they're still minting as we speak Audis just dropped yesterday Audis club what's up Audis club man how y'all doing how y'all doing out there gotta love you know i love lk i love eco i love everybody in that community Audis club minting right now dope art you know dope little community um i do feel that they could have marketed a lot better but with that being said we all still got a chance y'all might want to check that out um, definitely, you know, huge shout out to everybody, the Borgar family. I'm definitely got to get them on here. I've been telling them I'm going to get them on a podcast. Swanky, he comes first. Got to get Swanky on a podcast. I just got to link my phone to it. I've got nothing but excuses and I've been bullshitting, but at the same time, spending a lot of family time. I was out a lot this weekend. I played a lot of poker. I played a lot of poker. I downloaded an, um, ACR poker, man. I wish I wanted to get a tournament right now before I went to work, but that ain't going to happen especially because the tournaments take hours when I get in them, especially if I last to the last table, which is the game plan. So that ain't going to happen today, but I do got to get to work. I do love and appreciate each one of you. Um, I do have some questions that I, I, some things that I really wanted to go over in this podcast, but I'm going to leave for the next one. And I want some things to, you know, I'm going to leave them on my whiteboard so I can still go over them next episode, but I want you to think about them. I'm going to leave you with these. We got to learn to not sustain the emotion that we respond with so don't feel that you're wrong for feeling mad about something or if you feel sad about something but learning to sustain that emotion or not sustain that emotion and being able to change your state your mindset because mindset is everything you are going to react with an emotion there's nothing you can do about that I mean you can work on it over time and you can definitely you know start with empathy and just a different mindset I do think that's very easy and a much easier set, but when it comes to the mentals, just learn not to sustain, you know, learn to be able to control how long you sustain the emotion you respond with. So if you get mad, you just want to learn how to get unmad and say, okay, yeah, I was upset. I'm not, I'm not upset at myself for being upset. I was supposed to be upset, but I've got to learn how to contain it. And this is a lot on the football field. You'll see it with the unsportsmanlike penalty. Um, Vikings versus Bears last night looked like trash. It's exactly my point. So with that being said, I got to get to damn work, folks. So learn to not sustain the emotion you respond with. That's how I can put that. That was the best way I can put it. And that's going forward. This is, you know, man, I used to wild out. Like I said, I love MMA. I've been in karate. Um, I'm very involved in firearms. I, I build I build my own ARs. I definitely have some lower receivers. You know what I mean? It's going down. Another question, what does success look like? Um, you got to ask yourself, and, and you really got to think about it. This is what just being alone really had me asking is, what does success to you look like? Is it being rich? I hope success isn't a bank account number. I, I, I truly hope that just for everybody's happiness sake, because not everybody's going to win in that category. I think 1% of humanity makes over 40K or 400k a year. So if you do make over 400k, you're literally in the 1% of humanity. So 
it's crazy, man. It's very crazy when it comes to outlook because everybody's trying to make a million. And I mean, that's, it's bonkers. Got to ask yourself, you know, what does success look like for me right off head? Like the top of my dome, it'd be my dad and Gary V. Um, my dad, definitely not much money on retirement, but definitely strong, man. Very strong, very strong. Emotionally, I'm not sure where he is because he doesn't share it much. Gary V, just on what he does and the impact that he's had on others' lives. So I definitely go him. I could definitely say Elon Musk, um, Neil Tyson. I can go down a list, definitely go down a list. But those would be, you know, right off the dome. And what's important? What's important to you is very, um, it's a very direct question. And I mean it because when you, when you tell it to yourself, don't just tell it to yourself. You need to let them know. You need to let them know because tomorrow's not promised. So whatever's important to you, whether it's your mom, your dad, your significant other, your child, um, somebody you haven't talked to in a long time, text them. Text them. No excuses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this podcast, but I want you to text them. I want you to just know whatever's important to you, let them know. Don't wait because there, there's the time's not guaranteed. So whatever is important to you, value it. Um, if it's people around you, value them. My mom's moving out of state. My brother's moving out of state. My brother's having some huge car issues, just melted the terminal on his truck battery. He just said he just replaced it, and it's all good. It's like, no, dude, you melted the terminal. There's a current issue. You're going to catch your truck on fire. Damn, man. Damn. Life is a trip, man. Just be thankful. What's important, let them know. Let them know. Enjoy it while you got it. Love and appreciate each one of you. Definitely want to give a huge shout-out to just Gary V for inspiring me. Um, Everybody from Tony Robbins. I mean, just everybody that's out. And I feel like their main purpose is to inspire people. Um, huge shout out. And I think some of the NFT communities like Audis, I really feel like a genuine, very small community, but just, it's just genuine. I love every, you know, I just love people, man. I love people. I can definitely hate people. I have that ability, but most of the people that I hate are no longer with us. Like I said, I, I've, I can ride with Jesus or I can ride with the devil. I'm comfortable with them both. Um, me and, you know, the Grim Reaper, we've definitely stood eye to eye. I've definitely... I know the fella. I'm not going to say we're friends, but we're acquaintances. Um, some people view me as the nicest guy in the world. Some people view me as their Grand Reaper. They had to. Definitely, you know, I love each and every one of you, man. Love it, love it, love it. Love the day, love the moment, and make sure that the ones that you do love understand that you love them. Text them, call them, hug them, you know. I'm out. Love y'all. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one.